Welcome to Wednesday. It is the Pure Opelka podcast. Mike here saying thank you. Thank you for checking us out. And uh, tell a friend. Forward this to a friend. You can get it, you know, if you got it from SoundCloud, you can also get it from Stitcher and iTunes, pretty much anywhere you get the podcast. We're trying to get it bigger. And it is growing. And it's growing because of you. So many things to get to today. Dr. Michael Roizen usually joins us on Wednesday, and we talk about wellness and things you can do to live better and live longer and live younger. And he is going to join us in a little bit from Israel, where I'm going to ask him what's going on with the election. Yesterday, Israel had its uh, election, and it looks like Benjamin Netanyahu, the former prime minister, might be coming back. So we'll find out what he knows. Most of the mainstream media is saying, well, it could happen. It may not happen. We'll find out. We're also going to debut a new segment on the show called Bill Maher is Right. It won't be that often because he's not right that often. But Bill Maher was right. And we have to admit when he's right, we have to highlight it. So we'll get to that. We are also going to uh, we'll talk about what happened yesterday when Joe Biden was uh, sent to a isolated place. You've got swing states and really close races all over the country as the midterms are less than a week away. And the Democrats are deploying every good campaigner they can. But they sent Joe Biden to Florida because Florida's a lost cause. Jill Biden will be in Pennsylvania tonight at the World Series game. She was in Connecticut, I believe, yesterday. Barack Obama's crisscrossing the country, trying to bring back his magic. But where did they send Joey? Oh, they sent him. (laughs) They sent him to Florida because he couldn't do any damage down there, I guess. I'm guessing that's why they sent him there. And he... um, He delivered a bucket full of gaffes yesterday, a remarkable giant bucket full of gaffes from uh, Joseph Robinette Biden Jr. Unbelievable. Uh, I'll give you an example because it just went on and on and on. And yesterday, before Joey came out, they brought out Debbie, uh, what's her name, Schultz. I know her real name is Debbie Wasserman Schultz. But I always want to call her Debbie What's-Her-Name Schultz. I haven't seen her in a while. She got into trouble a couple of years ago during the uh, Hillary Clinton campaign when her own Florida caucus turned on her at the convention. And I witnessed that in real time. And then there was that incident with those two, um, I think they were from Iran, the guys with the laptops, and they they were spirited out of the country quickly. She's been undercover basically and she used to be front and center at all times but yesterday debbie what's her name schultz was there to introduce joe biden in florida and uh, the crowd didn't seem excited enough for debbie so she had to rouse him up a little you want to improve people's lives i bet some people in here want to improve people's lives are you with me okay Come on, people, let's wake up. We got the president of the United States in the house. Come on. So come on, people, let's wake up. We got the president of the United States in the house. Well, if he's not really awake, why should we be awake? Seriously, 
It was gaff, gaff, gaff from Joey yesterday, although he gave us a little explanation. You know, he likes to teach us. And yesterday, Joe Biden taught us what inflation is, because never mind, we all know what inflation is. Joe is going to teach us what inflation is. Here's Professor Biden. That's what I call inflation. At the end of the month, what you have left, you have no money. That's inflation. What's, what do you, the things you need, are they going up? <laughs> they are. They are. Yeah. Yeah, they are. They are going up because of your administration, sir. Inflation. Then he went on to blame inflation on Vladimir Putin because that's what you do. And he screwed that up, too, and messed up. And, uh, well, this is, I, I don't know how you write this one off. This is sad. And they talk about inflation. You know, we're dealing with it for a whole second. Inflation is a worldwide problem right now because of a war in Iraq and the impact on oil and what Russia's doing. I mean, excuse me, the war in, in Ukraine. And uh, think of Iraq because that's where my son died. The, uh, because he died. The, uh, but the point is... Yeah, that's kind of weird, isn't it? Inflation's a worldwide problem right now because of the war in Iraq. Well, no, we're not at a war in Iraq. Uh, and then he corrected himself and the impact of the oil on what Russia's doing. Excuse me, the war in Ukraine, because uh, I'm thinking of Iraq because that's where my son died. Because he died. Well, his son did not die. In Iraq, his son, Bo, I guess a lot of people call him the good son, died of cancer. He had brain cancer. It was a terrible tragedy. Joe was very confused, and the people of Florida seemed to be forgiving because I think a lot of them in that audience were confused, too. But I don't even know if Joe knows what year it is. Well, if anybody think if we're doing it for the first time now in the 21st century, going into the 20th Huh? From the 20th century going into the second quarter of the 21st century, that we'd say 12 years is enough? What? What is he even talking about? Oh, boy. And then he keeps pulling out this, um, this lie. There's no other way to call it. It's a, it's a lie. Saying that um, he's improved the economy because he was handed a bad economy. When I took office, the economy was in ruins. Oh. When I took office, the economy was in ruins. Let me do a fact check. Let me go back to January of 2021. Inflation was 1.4%. Gas prices averaged $2.39 a gallon. They are $3.76 a gallon today, Wednesday, November 2nd. Inflation today is 8.2%. So that's a lie. You know, if Donald Trump kept saying that, the media would be screaming, that's a lie, that's a lie, that's a lie. And Joey keeps telling another lie about gas prices when he was a kid. I'm serious. My dad used to say everybody deserves a little bit of breathing room. Granted, when the price of a, gas or a gallon of gasoline went up, we talked about it at our kitchen table. We weren't poor. We were an average middle-class family. We lived in a Three-bedroom split-level house and a development in a suburban area. Yeah, but here's the other side of that. When you were a kid growing up, the price of gas was virtually flat your entire childhood. It didn't go up. It wasn't going up and then going down or whatever you're trying to tell us. 
So that's a lie, too, but they never call him on that. They should. I wish they would. Uh, Biden also said something yesterday, and uh, it's just flat out wrong. It's a lie. It couldn't have happened. But the mainstream media won't call him on it. He was talking about how his administration was going to lower the price of insulin, how they were going to beat Big Pharma. And by the way, Big Pharma is cashing some huge checks thanks to the government buying all of those uh, COVID treatments, uh, the, uh, the pills from Pfizer and the injections, the vaccines. Big Pharma raking in record profits. So you're really, you're really beating them up, Joey. Good job. But here's Joe telling a, just a total fabrication yesterday. How many of you know somebody with diabetes needs insulin? Well, guess what? And we, when, we, when, when, we, when yeah. Debbie and I passed this law, it included everybody, not just seniors. And so what happened was we said, okay, you know how much it costs to make that insulin drug for diabetes? Cost. It was invented by a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. Now, that's a true story. That is a true story. The guy who invented insulin sold the patent for a dollar. He wanted it to be available for everybody. That's his choice, altruistic. Yes, he is. But Joe, Joe told a big lie here. By a man who did not patent it because he wanted it available for everyone. I spoke to him, okay? I spoke to him. The man who invented insulin died two years before Joe Biden was born. Two years. Not a joke. That's the truth. Isn't that amazing? And they just keep letting him get away with it. They don't tell him what the heck is going on. You can't do this, Joe, because they know he's just going to go wander into that section of his brain whenever he slides off the teleprompter. Just amazing. The other uh, big story yesterday, this um, this race for the Senate in Pennsylvania. I know it's very close between John Fetterman and Dr. Oz. And there's a chance Dr. Oz could win. There's a good chance Dr. Oz could lose. It's not a done deal by any stretch of the imagination. But something interesting happened yesterday. The mayor of a small Pennsylvania town, central Pennsylvania town, Carbondale, Pennsylvania, talked about John Fetterman. And it's important because the mayor, Justin Taylor, is a Democrat. And he went public with his feelings on John Fetterman, the Senate candidate for that Senate seat, the Democrat candidate for that Senate seat in Pennsylvania. The lieutenant governor in Pennsylvania really has not... Um that's shown much, uh, much of anything for the working class of, of Pennsylvania. And uh, it was uh, it was really kind of a, a, a joke, I think, the, the, the first time around. He, he got into office after the previous lieutenant governor had huge issues with, uh, you know, disrespecting folks in the legislature and, and even executive staff. So they found this guy to run and, uh, you know, thought it would be it would be funny to, to you know, put this guy in office, and now he's on the verge of potentially becoming a U.S. senator. Um, that's a scary thought. He really does have radical policies, and uh, you know, again, can't back them up uh, when he when he speaks. I, I understand he has some health issues, but certainly that's not 
And that's not the case. Uh, why people should shouldn't should or shouldn't vote for him? So this guy's not going to vote for him. A Democrat, a mayor of a town in in Pennsylvania, Carbondale, Pennsylvania, Democrat mayor saying you shouldn't vote for this guy. He's kind of a joke. Yeah, he did. He did uh, characterize John Fetterman as a joke. John Fetterman was on TV in Philadelphia today on the uh, local Fox affiliate answering questions. Kind of interesting if um, Fetterman would consider a suggestion from a voter who said, maybe you drop out and run for the Senate in six years. There was a woman right at the end of one of the ads that says uh, that she had supported you in the past, but she thinks maybe it's time to take a step back, take time to heal and maybe make a run for the Senate in six years. What do you say to that? I, I would just say that I, um, all my doctors believe that, that we're, we're fit to serve and that we are uh, uh, ready to, to serve. And we've been having events all across Pennsylvania uh, in front of thousands of people and have been very transparent. I'm not using a teleprompter. I'm, I'm having interviews uh, all across uh, the media uh, all in Pennsylvania. Um, not really true. Not really true, sir. Your doctors are have not been allowed to put out your health records. They've not been allowed to take questions. And after someone has a stroke, they give them a test that will examine their cognitive skills, not just the physical skills, the audio auditory problems that John Fetterman's having. But the way his brain works and those um, those tests will yield answers as to what percent or what score in terms of functioning uh, you are on on the scale. They won't release those. He won't let his doctors answer questions. Uh, Federman was also pressed on the same interview about his uh, horrible answer about fracking. And I don't think his response to this question cleared anything up. The moment that stands out that they keep using over and over again is your comment about fracking, your answer to the fracking question. Here it is. There is that 2018 interview that you said, quote, I don't support fracking at all. So how do you square the two? Oh, uh, I, I, I do support fracking and I don't I don't. I support fracking, and I stand, and I do support fracking. Do you understand why people are now questioning your ability to be our senator from the state of Pennsylvania because of moments like that? No, I, I believe that, that my support of fracking has always been, been one that, in, in the past, uh, was some of the environmental concerns. The moment that, uh, that didn't mean anything, what he just said there. We have video of Fetterman pre-stroke pledging to end fracking, completely end fracking. He absolutely pledged to kill fracking. That's 260,000 jobs in the state of Pennsylvania alone. He is going to be live on The View on Friday. Probably the biggest audience The View is going to get in a long time. Now, I will guarantee you, John Fetterman will have the questions ahead of time. Guarantee you. 
They're not going to let him go out there without a uh, reviewed list of questions. He will be prepared beyond anyone's understanding of preparation. It's good that his campaign is doing it, but the only true way to judge this guy is by getting a hold of his, um, his records, his actual health records. But he's not going to let us do that, and he's certainly not going to let us uh, dive into his doctors and ask his doctors questions. Just saying. It's one of those things that they will guard like it is uh, the, the Ark of the Covenant. A couple other stories we have to get to. No real updates on the Paul Pelosi attack story. Nancy Pelosi isn't saying too much. The FBI and the investigation, San Francisco, not saying too much. We're hearing a lot of speculation from people. Why wasn't there security? Apparently, there is a video security that was monitored from the Capitol all the way across the country, but they weren't looking during the time of the attack. Something about this stinks really badly. Something about this smells all to high heavens. And I don't know if we're ever going to get the answer. We're not going to see the uh, body cam from the cops anytime soon unless somebody sues. We're not going to get a uh, complete transparency from the FBI on this. But something hit me when we were talking about this yesterday. Sitting around the old newsroom talking about this. And uh, I saw something on MSNBC. Yeah, I watch so you don't have to. And there is a um, national security expert on MSNBC. He was on Morning Joe yesterday named Frank Figliuzzi. And Frank Figliuzzi was asked about uh, what should be done. What should be done with all of these, um, these threats, these domestic violence threats? Let's go through this because this triggered a thought I think you'll appreciate. Power. So, so Frank Fugluzzi, um, we've been talking all morning, of course, about the political heightened rhetoric that it seems to have fueled this attack. We know this confessed the uh, suspect here has said uh, that he's been exposed to these conspiracy theories that Republicans have been espousing and in recent days have been not denying. So how concerned are you? That this won't be the end of the political violence. We are still, we are still a week from the midterms. You know, we know that some of these races are going to be very close. We know tensions are very high. What, how concerned are you there could be other acts of violence? What would you be doing right now telling elected officials and candidates out there on the campaign trail how to safeguard themselves? First of all, before we hear from Frankie, where the hell have you guys been while the threats against the sitting Supreme Court justices have been ongoing since this summer? The plot to assassinate not just one, but three of them. What's been done? Why weren't you as obsessed about that as you are now about the attack on Nancy Pelosi's husband and the alleged attempt or plot to kidnap her? Just asking, because this is not a new phenomenon, and it's certainly not something that's only focused on Democrats. It's predominantly been targeting Republicans, the attack on Rand Paul, the shooting up of the congressional softball game. I could go on and on and on. But let's hear what Frank has to say. What would you be doing, Frank, security expert? I think he's a former um, Secret Service agent himself. 
So we've seen just on Friday a joint intelligence bulletin issued by FBI and DHS and other agencies that are telling local, state, county law enforcement, you've got to step it up. We are in a heightened threat environment because of the midterm elections. And specifically, they cite the increase in extremist violence, domestic radicalization. They cite the increased exposure during a campaign period of candidates and lawmakers and even voters at polling places. It's a very broad and disturbing level of warning. And so what needs to get done on the... Hold on before he tells us what needs to get done. This is the Democrat sowing fear to say, oh, people don't feel safe voting. Everything points back to wanting to have these drop boxes, et cetera, et cetera, and trying to make it like people are being intimidated. No, there's no voter intimidation going on. We're seeing record levels of voting, record levels, early voting. But continue, Frank. Here's where he's getting into it. Lawmaker side is they need to actually move very quickly. The Capitol Police, in terms of protecting Congress, are woefully understaffed. We learned that after January 6th. They're still understaffed, underfunded. There, there has to be emergency funding to say, for example, hire retired Secret Service, retired diplomatic security agents who can start traveling with our members of Congress. That need- Did you hear that? They want these Democrats, and, and this is not a new idea. They want their own personal security force to travel with them. They want, in this case, he's suggesting hiring retired Secret Service agents. But the plan, which was hatched over a year ago, I remember hearing this story back in uh, late June, early July of 2021, when the U.S. Capitol Police were pushing And Congress was actually on board. The Democratic part of Congress was on board to open regional field offices in California and Florida to protect members of Congress. They talked about threats surging over recent years. And here's the idea. They want to expand the Capitol Police Office to become a a force equal in protective power as the Secret Service to follow members of Congress everywhere. Can you imagine how many people we're going to have to hire? You're talking about uh, 435 members of Congress, 100 senators. How many people are you going to have to staff and hire and then pay to travel and house all around? We're already paying, what is it, $30,000 a month to rent a home where Hunter Biden's Secret Service detail can be close to him? Multiply that by 535. This will be a gigantic expense, and I guarantee you Pelosi, God forbid they win back the House, Pelosi will push to make this happen. I'm just saying. They've had this on the back burner. They've already got the bill written. They know how much it's going to cost. It would make the Capitol Police, the Congressional Protective Force, the single largest police force in the country. More than scary. Absolutely more than scary. And unnecessary. But that's what they're up to. I guarantee you this is on the list. These are the things they're up to. All right. 
Uh, before we go- get into some of the other weird stories, and, and Dr. Royzen is going to join us shortly from Israel, uh, some of the weird stories are coming up. They're going to make you shake your head, too. I also caught something while I was trolling MSNBC, and that was a discussion about the Arizona governor, uh, possible governor, Carrie Lake, who I think is is going to win that race. Her her uh, opponent's just been miserable. Katie Hobbs, what a terrible candidate, refuses to uh, debate Carrie Lake and also refused to re- uh, debate her Democratic challenger. But MSNBC was talking about Carrie Lake and had a uh, a gentleman on, and I'm using uh, air quotes around the word gentleman. His name is Fanon, Michael Fanon. And he was talking about Carrie Lake and talking about uh, the alleged uh, violence inspired by Republicans. And we all watched the riots of 2020 and 2021, the Black Lives Matter. Those weren't Republicans. Those were Democrats and those mostly peaceful burning riots. Yeah, they were very violent. But um, MSNBC doesn't care about the facts. Uh, This was on the show hosted by a former White House press secretary, Republican, allegedly, Nicole Wallace. And she actually laughed when Carrie Lake was called something pretty vile by this Michael Fanon. Uh, I've gotten to know Mrs. Sicknick pretty well, and um, I thought that was a powerful ad. Um, I mean, she's out there, I think, trying to uh, do what all of us are trying to do here, which is bring accountability for January 6th. And, um, you know, I also support the fact that Carrie Lake's a piece of shit. So um, I'm glad she did that ad. And no one is going to say that you haven't put it all out on the line in the bluntest terms possible. So Nicole Walsh laughs at Carrie Lake being called a piece of vess. Live on a show. No apology to the audience. No apology to Ms. Lake. Just more awfulness. From the left. All right, I said I was going to debut a new segment. It's called Bill Maher is Right. Bill Maher is Right. We seem to be quoting Bill Maher more and more these days. And I just think it proves that not all of us are absolutes. But in the case of Bill Maher, he's starting to become right more often than he is far left. And Bill Maher said this on an appearance on MSNBC yesterday. So, you know, for the people who uh, on the left who are (laughs) egging on a civil war, I would say don't. Um, They have more guns and they know how to use them. He's right. Bill Maher is right. The people on the right, the conservatives, those of us who support, respect the Second Amendment. We have more guns and we generally know how to use them little Bill Maher fun there. Uh, a couple of weird numbers. I know there's a, a massive Powerball drawing tonight for over $1.2 billion. But did you notice the weirdness that happened on Monday during the Powerball drawing? That was for like $850 million, whatever it was. The Monday night, Halloween night numbers were 13, 19, 36, 39, 59, and the Powerball was... 13. So on Halloween night, number 13 appeared twice. Just one of those weird number things. If you've got a ticket tonight, good luck. 
And if you win the big prize all by yourself, don't forget me. And then there is um, this, uh, this moment that happened on the James Corden show. I'm not a big fan of James Corden. You know, his little uh, carpool karaoke thing was a fun little stunt. And he's ridden it about as far as he can. I guess he's, uh, he's going to be retiring soon. But uh, James Corden still has his show, late night show on uh, CBS. But he got caught stealing a joke, almost verbatim, from the great Ricky Gervais. This is the joke, and um, I'll play the joke and the apology as well, because uh, Corden got caught, and he had to um, tell the world, mea culpa, mea culpa. Come on, man. This was just unbelievable to me. Because if someone puts up a poster in a town square that says, guitar lessons available... That's like going into a town square, seeing a big notice board, and there's a notice, guitar lessons. Like, you don't get people in the town go, I don't want to play the guitar! And you go, but I don't fucking want guitar lessons. Well, then that sign wasn't for you. It was for somebody else. You don't have to get mad about all of it. Fine, it's not for you then. Just walk away. Don't worry about it. Yeah, pretty much verbatim. He stole the joke, got called out on social media for it. And uh, the Late Late Show with James Corden posted on his Twitter account, inadvertently, right, told a brilliant Ricky Gervais joke on the show last night, obviously not knowing it came from him. Sure. It's brilliant because it's a Ricky Gervais joke. You can watch all Ricky's excellent specials on Netflix. Sure. Maybe a writer put that in the, uh, in, in the teleprompter for him. And now that writer probably doesn't have a job. Somebody should lose a job for that. You don't steal jokes, especially from someone as famous as Ricky Gervais. And think you get away with it. And then uh, if you're a fan of movie memorabilia and you win the uh, Powerball tonight, maybe you want to bid on this huge, huge once-in-a-lifetime opportunity. The original model for E.T. is up for sale. The original prop from the 1982 Steven Spielberg classic E.T., the extraterrestrial, is being sold by Icons and Idols. It's a Hollywood auction. And it's uh, the 40th anniversary of E.T. coming up. So they're going to put this up for sale. How much is it going to go for? The estimate is $3 million. The model was actually used for the movie's main character, so it, it, it has provenance to show that it was the model used in the film. It was not CGI. It, um, it consists of a little aluminum mixture and has 85 little mechanical areas of movement. How cool would that be to own the, the original E.T.? E.T. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's got a bad E.T. impression. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's find out what's going on in Israel. Our buddy Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic who talks about health and wellness with us every week. Happens to be in Israel. 
What's going on with the election and how can you live younger and longer? Dr. Roizen is next on the Pure Opelka podcast. Our buddy, Dr. Michael Roizen of the Cleveland Clinic is joining us today. And he's joining us from halfway around the world. He's in Israel. We'll get to the reason for that. I suspect it's for something medical. But Dr. Roizen, I have to ask you, are you also able to be our political correspondent and give us an update on the Israeli election? <laughs> well, the, the most interesting thing here is that people must be very honest with exit polls because before any of the votes had been counted, as soon as the polls closed, all the TVs came on with exit poll results showing the individual candidates who won um, and uh, how Netanyahu had gained 62 of the 120 seats, which would give him uh, Netanyahu by the coalition he had would gain that. Um, and I said... Wow, this is interesting. They literally say they haven't counted the votes, but by exit polls, they predicted Netanyahu would and his coalition would win 62 of the 120 seats, so he would be prime minister. Wow. Which to me was remarkable because it must be that they've got a history of this being accurate. Um, and the exit polls, I don't think they, <laughs> I don't think Americans, um, are that accurate in telling the exit pollers how they voted? Yeah, we. Um, but who we, knows? I mean, it's, it's remarkable, right? That it they, they it, that it is remarkable. We've seen uh, American media stop doing exit polling reporting because, well, first of all, we have uh, massive time zone differences. When the polls close in New York, they're open for hours and hours longer in the West Coast and Alaska and Hawaii. So. They don't want the exit polls uh, tainting any of the possible later voting. So that's another thing. But, yeah, that's right. I, I don't think people here in America are as uh, direct or honest with pollsters on exit polls. I think we like to have a little fun. So that's interesting. They've got about a third of the votes yet to be counted, and maybe it'll happen. But thanks for uh, flexing and being our Election correspondent <laughs> live in Israel, Dr. Michael Roizen. Uh, Dr. Roizen. Well, let me tell yeah. you. Let me tell you how crazy it is. So, in Israel, the the the, the voting day, which was yesterday, is a national holiday, and everybody was out in the streets, just getting. You could walk faster than drive on most streets yesterday. Wow. Um, so that was the, the interesting thing. Uh, we went to dinner, which was a 48-minute walk, and it was a 70-minute drive. <laughs> well, that's better for you. You know, you'll be able to have that dessert because you did the walking. <laughs> that's excellent. Oh, that's, anyway. that's crazy. I, well, I'm all for making uh, Election Day a one-day national holiday in this country, too, if it gets more people involved. I think that would be a good idea. We should st steal that from the, the people in Israel. I also like that they're probably going to have the results within 24 hours. We're less than a week away from the midterms, and uh, everybody's speculating on whether or not we'll know by the end of next week, which makes me crazy. 
but let's get to the the uh, reason you're here. Dr. Michael Royzen, his new book, The Great Age Reboot, is out there. You need to find it and check it out and make yourself a genetic engineer and make yourself younger. Make yourself younger physically, not just living longer, but younger. Doc, let's talk about some of the things. Uh, I don't understand the first item on your list. It just says exercise snacks. You had me at snacks. Well, what's going on here? So, so this is snacker size. So this is a this was a play on words, if you will, because what they suggest in this article, and they show it's a it's a basic biochemistry article showing that when you exercise for two minutes every half hour, you change the protein mix that you produce and use healthier or use amino acids that give you healthier proteins. Hmm. So it is really a very interesting metabolic study showing that instead of snacking on food every half hour, you should snack by walking two minutes or getting out of your chair 15 times uh, without using your arms every uh, 30 minutes. So I, I can't open a chain of snacker-sized gyms where every 28 minutes uh, snacks will drop from the ceiling if you've been on the treadmill? That's not the idea. Okay. I thought I, thought <laughs> I was on to something. Uh, but I do, I do try I, now. Well, that, it, it, it was... It was so interesting, a title that you couldn't resist um, using it. I couldn't resist reading the article, but it's a strong biochemical article on uh, the change in proteins and change in metabolism when you actually ex do two minutes of exercise every 30 minutes. And it's easy to do, people, if you want to set an alarm for yourself. You can just set a 30-minute alarm and then make yourself get up for two minutes and walk around and... I've been trying it, and uh, yeah, I, it's too early to tell if there's any big success, but I am actually making an effort to make certain I move for two minutes every half an hour, or I'll be stuck in a studio in front of a microphone for three and four hours, and that's not good. We know that. All right, Doc, let's talk about some of this other stuff here. Uh, one of these caught my attention. Acid suppressants may increase asthma and allergic reactions and diseases among kids. Are we talking about like um, antacids, Tums and stuff? Um, well, they were looking at uh, the specific antacid suppressants of, of uh, Pepsid and Cimetidine, that type of, uh, and the interesting thing is suppressing the reactions to these uh, when you're young, um, suppressing that, that acid production apparently makes you more vulnerable to allergies as you get older. What it probably means is that the acid, which normally kills off some bacteria and other things that may um, have abnormal structure proteins, Apparently, you don't do that, and so your body gets sensitized to them. And then when you're exposed to them old, as when you get older, you develop an allergy to that. You have an immune reaction to it. Well, do, do we so have it's a... Essentially that, so it's essentially saying the acid 
dissolves, breaks the proteins down that you were exposed to and thus wouldn't develop allergy. Without the acid, that protein, those proteins aren't broken down and you develop an immune reaction to it. Doc, uh, when I was a kid growing up, I can't remember anybody having to take, you know, like a an antacid or famotidine or uh, the the other one you mentioned there, prescription or now over-the-counter drugs for uh, stomach acids. Is this something we're seeing more in younger kids? Well, you know, the the uh, if, if you get, our kids are getting obese. And when you get obese, you get acid reflux. Mm. And when you get acid reflux, you get um, antacid usage. So that's what's happening. It's a, it's a part of our environment um, fostering obesity among our kids. So much we could help and change if we would focus on losing a few pounds and, and getting everybody or, a little lighter. Or, or e- even better, not gaining it. Yeah, that's, that's the key is not having to lose it in the first place. Big key, big important. Um, this other, you know, this is nothing I'm worried about. But I saw this um, this question on uh, anesthesia during pregnancy, and there were worries that it might have affected the child's brain development later. Yeah. So, in other words, anesthetics essentially get across the placenta into the child, and it was worried that mothers who needed to have emergency surgery. Um, might have a uh, problem with their children not developing normally because of having to have the emergency surgery. Approximately 1% of pregnancies, whether because of appendicitis or some other um, emergency, get anesthesia while they're pregnant. Well, this was an 18-year study, so they looked at the brain development over 18 years, their cognitive function, and found that those who um, kept, uh, that those who had anesthesia during pregnancy had no different outcomes of their children than those who didn't require uh, emergency surgery. I'd hate to think of anyone going through surgery and not, not getting anesthesia. Here's the bullet, take a bite here. Uh, yikes, speaking of pains, I have friends who have migraines and they seem to have them regularly. You know, it just seems like um, I've never experienced one. So thank God I don't have to experience one. But women with chronic migraines might have some uh, unique behavioral and psychological traits. What is this about? Um, I think it's probably too early um, to say this. But in other words, the, the people who had migraines had also a earlier, um, higher incidence of, de- of depression and of a few other uh, anxiety-like reactions to other things. And so whether this is setting up a brain sequence because of depression or anxiety that leads to um, the migraine headache process. I think it, it, it's a little too early, but this was an epidemiologic study showing that women with 
the other behavior, that is depression, anxiety, high stress reactions, were the ones who had this increased incidence, statistically increased, but not uh, exclusively. I mean, in other words, migraines weren't exclusive to this type of uh, prior behavior uh, change. But it did say that there was a um, association between these. Okay. Okay. One, one more question here, because this one caught my eye. Uh, the um, the study on hyperbaric oxygen and uh, kids with concussions. Um, Michael Jackson used to sleep in one of those hyperbaric chambers and said it was just so great for so many things. Is this kind of um, treatment helpful for concussions, especially in kids? Well, this was a randomized study of uh, children with concussions. It wasn't a huge study, but it was... Um, I think it was around 40 people, and they half of them got randomized to hyperbaric chamber with uh, higher oxygen. Half of them got randomized to a hyperbaric chamber, but just normoxia, normal oxygen. Um, and they found that uh, 2% of those randomized um, to the... Uh, normal oxygen got significant improvements in their concussive syndromes, whereas 12% of those who were uh, randomized to the hyperbaric oxygen. So about a 10% difference hmm. uh, was statistically significant, um, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like uh, this is the cure-all for everyone. It was just 12% improved yeah. significantly. Okay. Okay. Uh, his name is Dr. Michael Roizen. He is our, our guy in the world of medicine. And this week, alive with the uh, update from the Israeli elections, as Dr. Roizen is right there in Israel. Uh, check out Dr. Roizen's book, the brand new book, The Great Age Reboot. And you can also get the app. You go to greatagereboot.com and get all the details and sign up for all kinds of cool stuff that you can learn about making yourself younger, actually making your body younger. It's, it's a wonderful idea. Dr. Royzen, safe travels, and thanks for the election update. Anytime. Thank you. Privilege. 